Hello, everyone. I'm Mariah Muhammad, a writer for Becker's Healthcare. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Becker's Digital Health and Health IT podcast as I speak with Michael Maynero, Chief Digital and Information Officer and Senior Vice President of Catholic Health. Michael, it's so nice to meet you. How are you today? Doing great. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Yes, nice to meet you too. Well, to begin, would you mind introducing yourself and telling us a bit about your background? Sure. So thank you. Um, so I think my background started with uh, health IT in the mid 90s. Um, I was part of the startup bubble. And uh, initially I was doing graphic design, software development for several startups. Uh, one of them was actually an online auction site and it wasn't eBay. So uh, my, my career would probably would have just stayed with eBay or, or, or maybe hit the, hit the dot-com boom at that point. After that, um, I was working uh, and building a, an EHR from the ground up. And in doing that, I uh, really learned a lot about healthcare. That was really my first start in it. And uh, when the startup bubble burst in 2000, that company went under. So after that, uh, I moved over to NYU Langone, where I spent 20 years leading software, user experience, and product development. And using the in-house product design development team, working with Epic, I led the strategy or helped lead the strategy in execution of transforming the patient digital experience and leading this transformation with design thinking uh, really primed my role uh, for, for CDIO at Catholic Health. Perfect. Thank you so much for that explanation. And to jump right into the questions, the first thing that I want to ask you about is what are you most excited about right now for your field? I think for me, what excites me, I think first and foremost, is I'm part of an open mindset leadership team, which is great because I think in digital health and transformation, you need that support and open mindset. So they're really interested in seeing uh, the landscape change here. As far as initiatives, what's really exciting to me, um, there's a couple of them. The first is really what I think a lot of health systems are doing now, which is the patient optimizing patient digital access or what folks call the digital front door. And really like many healthcare systems, we're focused on optimizing access for the patient and also making a good experience for the physician as well. So really what I'm excited to do is look at the whole end-to-end -end experience here, both the patient, the clinicians, and the family, so that everything about access to scheduling, onboarding them, payments, and the office visit itself is as frictionless as possible. And really that journey that, that I'm excited for that we're, we're, we've already started starts with Google uh, the moment that they know they have a condition or a disease or need to see a doctor. Um, so we have to work with marketing team very closely to make sure that all aspects of that first contact with the patient are as smooth as possible, whether that be, um, you know, finding available appointments online, uh, AdWords in Google, or really getting that text message that is timely and useful. I'm also excited to optimize the patient portal, and we're using my chart at the core of our ecosystem, the Epic uh, patient portal. And this is gonna be a true transformation. It's not just providing technology and tools and turning my chart on. Uh, we have to simultaneously work with the practices to make sure that a number of factors uh, are in effect so that we have a good patient experience. Um, how practices respond to patients when they have questions, how physicians' calendars are optimized both for the physician and availability for the patients. So really, this is going to be important for us. Uh, we want to make sure that our patients trust us and want to make appointments with us and have a great experience. 
Other key things that I'm excited to do as part of patient digital access uh, or digital front door is making sure that all patients are using e-check-in as much as possible uh, so that things like payments or uh, uploading your insurance or doing questionnaires aren't done uh, at the practice by someone handing you a clipboard. And, you know, really we want this as frictionless as possible and, and take, you know, take the time away from the practice staff, let them focus on higher touch things and really focusing on what the patient needs, not dealing with a lot of questions and, and check boxes uh, when they come in. A co another couple of issue, um, initiatives that I'm really interested in is, uh, you know, helping clinicians, uh, nurses, physicians optimize their time uh, with our Epic platform. So really, uh, just like every system, just turning it on and, and hoping it works is not how, how things play out and really looking at all aspects of automation uh, and, and really optimizing clinical workflows. So whether that's looking at alert fatigue or uh, optimizing BPA advisories, ideally what we want to do is make it so that if they're engaging with the EHR, whether it's mobile or on the WOW, uh, it's as little as possible and it's as frictionless as possible. So they're spending more time with the patient for those higher touch things. And then I think lastly, uh, you know, these are just things that are really exciting to me uh, is the opportunity to transform the inpatient experience. Um, you know, if we're doing this for the digital front door and they have a great experience uh, checking in ambulatory, uh, if, they, if they have a procedure or they're hospitalized, we want to make sure they have an amazing experience, a hotel-like experience uh, is what we're calling it. And, you know, providing tools to engage them, ask them how they're doing, or tablets at the bedside for them to get entertainment education, relaxation, or communicate with their care team. So those are three um, big, exciting initiatives that I'm excited about. Perfect. Thank you so much for explaining that. And the next thing that I wanted to ask you, Michael, is what aspects of healthcare are primed for IT disruption in your, uh, in your opinion? So healthcare disruption is interesting. And I, I think when, when we think of traditional industry disruptors, we look at the Amazons and the Ubers who have disrupted and created total market domination. And if you study them and you look at their, their story, uh, you can see a theme of consumer-driven, user-centric design and iteration. And that's great. That's, that's how disruption works. So you can, you can really disrupt the whole industry and make it so that people get what they need. Um, I think healthcare has a twist. Um, and it's not just about the user, who is the patient, right? The patient is at the center of everything we do. But I think, as I mentioned earlier, it's also about the family. And it's also about the clinician and their experience. So if we're making everything great for the patient and not thinking about uh, optimizing for the physician, you know, it's really not going to be a good experience for either party. And on top of that, like any other industry, there are digital determinants of uh, success, if you will. And when we look at healthcare, there's regulatory, there's privacy, and these, these aspects of healthcare really can affect the design. So, for example, you know, what kind of text messages can you send that don't violate HIPAA? Can you send them a text message? Or, uh, you know, are there regulatory aspects, you know, uh, with, with the Cures Act, for example, making sure that you get access to information? How does that play out for the clinicians? So, so on and so forth. I think this is what makes disruption in uh, healthcare extremely complicated. And I think, you know, when I look at what's going to be primed for IT disruption, I look at a couple of things. Uh, uh, the two things that stand out are automation uh, first, and then uh, remote patient monitoring second. So with automation, 
I think this area continues to grow and evolve. And when we talk about automation, usually machine learning, AI, and um, you know, RPA are interchangeably used. So they can be used together separately. And really what, what I'm thinking is there's always room for optimization in healthcare. Wherever we can automate the mundane and take away uh, tasks that are repetitive or unnecessary from office staff, call centers, or clinicians, really with the goal of allowing medical professionals to get more done in their typical shifts and lowering their level of stress if possible, really giving that opportunity to focus on the patient or more strategic work. So automation um, examples are creating auto coverages, for example, or real-time eligibility checks. So, you know, hundreds of hours are spent when a referral is made, checking the coverage from the payer uh, before a procedure, right? Or uh, real-time eligibility checks for whether, whether a patient can see that physician or prior authorizations. Any of those things um, require back office hospital staff to do a lot of work. So where can we create automation and savings there? Um, the second is, uh, I think, very interesting from, a, from an automation disruption is combining with AI. So when it's done with AI, we can have conversational uh, messaging to patients, right? So, for example, a lot of uh, startups are looking at um, generating automated messaging around closing care gaps. So they can look at HEDIS measures for things like colon, uh, colon screening, uh, colon cancer screening, or hypertension, and really look at the EHR with AI or, or machine learning and say, these populations should be uh, reached out at this time with this content. And I think really that's the next level um, uh, of really, um, a lot of folks are doing it now, but it's really the next level of disruption with automation. The second is, I think, RPM and, and, and really coupled with telehealth. So looking at this for major areas that, that it's done now, um, it, you know, it's typically done in the post-procedural or managing chronic conditions where we send a device home with the patient after procedure and, you know, they have to collect data, whether that be blood pressure or cardiac monitoring, we're sending that data presumably back to the clinician. I think why this is a disruptive area is because uh, first, the, 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 the industry of RPM is, is pretty nascent as far as digital goes, right? It, um, it hasn't been, you know, there aren't a lot of standards yet. It's not regulated in any way. So there's a lot of companies trying to find their way and interoperate with the physician. Um, but I think the goal here uh, and why it's going to be disruptive is, you know, especially post-pandemic, if we can keep patients out of the hospital, reduce cost of that hospital stay, re reduce infection, um, really... Uh, there, there's a value model there. And of course, um, happier patients, right? So um, as this tech gets better, uh, aside from putting the devices in the home, we could also look at those real-time RPM uh, scenarios. Maybe I'm having a telehealth visit uh, and I can have a tongue depressor or get my thermometer and get those vitals back to the clinician real-time. So, you know, why would a family want to schlep their kid to, uh, you know, a pediatrician when they can do a quick virtual call and send the data back real time. So I think this, uh, you know, this coupled with video visits uh, will be key and, and really transforming the landscape of how we care uh, anywhere you are. In addition, because there's so much data coming back to the EHR, which I think is evolving as well. I mean, you know, Apple did a great job with, with HealthKit bringing in discrete data points to the EHR, whether the physician wants to use that or not in, in uh, the care, 
management, but now there's imaging and there's all sorts of other uh, information coming back. And we're, we're getting to a state where there's a volume, variety, and velocity of data that's going to be coming back to maybe the EHR or data warehouses. And this is going to provide a tremendous opportunity for science, you know, quantitative analysis on the study of diseases as we're seeing uh, information real time in the home, uh, you know, rather than that point of care visit. So this is very interesting and could be very uh, potentially very uh, disruptive and change how we understand uh, healthcare, understand uh, different data in, in, in humans and, and care for them. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I think you have a lot of great ideas. I'm glad you expanded on them. And if we wanted to look into the future, what are the top challenges you're preparing for in the next two years, would you say? Well, I think, so as far as challenges that I'm preparing for, I think every CIO is thinking about and preparing for cyber. Uh, we continue to be vigilant in uh, monitoring and detection and having run books for, you know, identifying anomalies and triaging, whether that be an email or, you know, our, uh, you know, endpoint detection software, but every CIO is seeing this every day, there's headlines coming in. Um, and, you know, now we have to look at our vendors. Um, it's a challenge. Um, I do think that uh, the healthcare industry is, has come together a bit about this. So folks are sharing information and nobody wants to see another health, uh, hospital system hacked or, or a vendor. That's not something any, even if it's a competitor, nobody wants to see that. So I think uh, as far as challenges go, the, the volume of, you know, threat actors that are trying to infiltrate and really, um, you know, hold, ran uh, hold hospitals ransom, that's, that's a big deal. And it, you know, it can be very disruptive. And really, I think that's a challenge that I'm preparing for and have to be prepared for. Um, I think a couple other challenges that I'm looking at is really um, making sure that I have foundational resiliency. And I think this is commonplace for uh, any CIO or CDIO now really making sure that your DR strategy with Epic, your clinical ancillary systems, uh, how you provide care is, you know, top notch. You know, we're seeing more events now, whether it be hurricanes or cyber attacks and making sure that we have business continuity and care happening as soon as possible is, is always gonna be a challenge and something that I'm preparing for. Uh, a few more to note, data ecosystems, uh, really every health system, continuously managing their data ecosystems around patient data um, and clinician data and making sure that uh, from a data warehouse perspective, we can innovate on top of that or really, uh, you know, if we need to build a report or need to connect to new application, we have the ability to do that with data governance and ecosystem. So really that's important. And I think it's challenging for a lot of health systems who traditionally have the business come to them for data or reporting. And I think the trend is really to move that out to the business areas and teach them to fish. And that's gonna be a challenge over the next year or two for a lot of health systems. So that gives the business the opportunity to run their own reports, uh, look at different analysis models, and they can operate on their own. And I think just lastly, challenges uh, are really helping my own IT department continuously improve and transform how we partner in the design and seamlessly integration, integrate into the business. So it's important to really have innovation at, at the start with your IT department, rather than uh, you know, just asking for things and the IT department delivers. We ultimately wanna be shaping demands proactively, making sure that the work we do is based on shared understanding of the problems 
and complexity and our ability to execute, I think that's the key to innovation. So getting from, uh, you know, a demand, service demand culture, we always need to provide service, but getting to that real innovative state where we're able to nimbly uh, provide uh, solutions to for healthcare. Thank you so much for those final thoughts, Michael. That is all I have for you. So I want to thank you for speaking with me today. And to those who are listening, uh, to hear more about Becker's Healthcare, please visit our website, beckershospitalreview.com. And thank you again, Michael.